So we've been in this series called Destiny Me. Everyone say Destiny Me. And Destiny Me simply means Destiny Me. It's you asking God, God, Destiny Me, God. God, call me. God, use me. God, send me. It's almost like when you're playing checkers. And you get in someone else's home zone and you say, king me. And that means, hey, put that king on me. Like, we here now. King me. I'm, I'm ready to do some work. And destiny me means I'm ready to do some work for you, God. I'm ready to do some work for your kingdom. I'm ready to get out of my ways and my will and submit all that I am to all that you are, God. Is anyone there in this room today? Are you ready to submit all that you are to all that God is? Now, as, as God give, gave me this series, Destiny Me, he only gave me one message for it initially, and it's the message that I'm about to preach to you today. I believe it's the bedrock of this series. I believe it's the, the, the strongest message in this series. I believe it's one of the best sermons I've ever preached before. So I would love for you guys to just lean in and open up your ears and open up your hearts. And I believe if you would do that, you would hear something from God today that would change your life. I've been wrestling for the last four weeks with what God would have me to say. And finally, today is the day that I feel like God would have me say it. So for the people that's been missing church and you just got back today, God was saving this word for you so you should feel very convicted as I preach. Just playing. But there are some people that hadn't been here in a while and you came today. I don't know why. Every, I would prepare every week with this sermon. And I would get to church literally and the Lord would say, you're preaching something else. You're preaching something else. You're preaching something else. Because it was the timing for you guys. I've been prepared, but it was the timing of who's in the room today. So God has a word for you. Come on, somebody. Give him a shout of praise. <laughs> Destiny me. Now, God says in the book of Psalms, chapter 8, verse 4 through 8, he, it says, what, are, what is man that you're mindful of him? What is man that you're mindful of him and You've given him dominion over your hands. In other words, what is man that he's on your mind? And God, you have given him dominion of your hands. In other words, God is mindful of you, and God is giving you dominion. Why is God mindful of man? Why did God give you dominion? Why did God give you authority? What's so special about you? Why did God choose you? Why does God choose to use you? Why does God partner with you in purpose and in destiny? God has all power, all authority. He's omniscient. He's omnipotent. He's sovereign. He has all authority, all power in his hand. Why does he partner with weak people and frail people like you and me? Why? And today, if you're taking notes, the title of my sermon is Dirty Treasure. The title of my sermon is Dirty Treasure. So the question is, why does God use you? Why does God partner with you? Why does God use man? The reason why God uses you is because God wanted to partner with you. God could do everything, but he wanted to express his splendor, his beauty, and his glory through his children. And he wanted you guys to have an assignment and a purpose and a destiny. Now, check this out. When God created the earth, he gave mankind, humans, dominion. He gave us dominion over the earth. So whenever God wanted to do something, whenever God wanted to change something, whenever God wanted to release something, whenever God wanted to do a miracle, he would always use a man. He would always use humans. He would always use people. God would always use you. And what you got to understand is this. Without God, we can't. But without us, God won't. Without God, we can't. But without us, God won't. 
And God chose not to move unless man moves. And we see it all throughout the Bible where when God wanted to deliver a group of people, he would use a man. When God wanted to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, he would consult with a man. Whenever God wanted to do something mighty, whenever he wanted to take out armies and enemy, ar- enemy armies, he would use a man. When David was standing in front of people, God would use, when uh, Goliath was standing in front of people, God would use David. God would always use a man. All the way to the point of when we were, when we were condemned, condemned in our sin and in our iniquities. Instead of God solving it from heaven, he would step out of divinity, come down to humanity, and wear a man to defeat sin, death, hell, and the grave. It's something about this man that got, that got God excited. It's something about this man that God was mindful of. It's something about this man that God would use. What is it about man? Why did God choose man? Why not angels? Why aren't they here? Why not creatures? Why not beasts? Why would God use man? And what's so valuable about man? What separates man? And also, check this out. Check this out. When God created man, God blessed them. Say blessed. God blessed man. Now, what you got to understand is this. Blessing was not for possessions. Blessing was for purpose. When we think of blessing, we think of possessions. We get a new house, I'm blessed. We get new clothes, I'm blessed. We get a new car, I'm blessed. But whenever God spoke a blessing, it was never tied to possession. It was always tied to purpose. God created the man. He gave them dominion. And then God blessed the man and told him to be fruitful and multiply. In other words, when God blesses you, he's endowing you to be fruitful. When God blesses you, he's endowing you to multiply. When God blesses you, he's endowing you to walk in destiny. When the fish and the birds of the air, when the birds set in the air and the fish set in the water, everything set still in the earth. And then God came and he blessed it and the fish began to swim. He blessed it and the birds began to fly. He blessed it and the lions began to roar. He blessed it and the cheetah began to run. He blessed it the monkey began to climb. When God blessed it, the purpose was activated. And when God blesses you, the purpose, the destiny and the assignment on your life is activated. I want you to know something. God blessed you, not for possessions, but for purpose. There's a purpose inside of you, a destiny inside of you, a calling inside of you. Oh, come on, if you say I'm blessed by God, to do great exploits for the kingdom. Give him a shout of praise. God blessed you so he can use you. And you got to understand something about blessing. Blessing was never for the blessed. Blessing was never for the blessed. And that's why you're sitting out there blessed and you feel stressed because the blessing is affecting what's around you, not you. The blessing is like cologne. Whenever you put on cologne, you can't smell it because it's going that way, not this way. And God says, when I put my fragrance of blessing on you, it's not for you to feel good. It's not for you to look good. It's not for you to be good. It's to make others feel good. It's to make others look good. It's to endow others to walk into my purpose and my assignment. The blessing ain't about getting it to you. It's about getting it through you so I can impact the community around you. You've been blessed. You've been endowed to prosper. But why you? Why you? God could have blessed anything, but he chose to bless you. If you have your Bibles, go to Genesis chapter 2. Y'all, we're going to eat today. Anybody excited? 
Somebody say eat greedy. We're going to eat greedy today. Genesis chapter 2. When you guys are there, um, it's the first book in the Bible, by the way, so if you ain't there, you don't read your Bible. When you guys are there, just shout ready at me. You ain't there yet. Somebody be honest. Do you say ready and you don't even have a Bible? Be real. God ain't judging you. He going to do what he's famous for. Now I'm playing. <laughs> Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. It says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul, a living being. God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. So when God created everything in the Bible, you can go read it. When he created angels, he spoke, and angels was. When he created animals, when he created birds of the air, animals of the field, sea creatures, everything he created, when he created the world, let there, let there be light. Everything he created, he spoke, and it was. When God created man, there was two distinct things that he did. The first thing that God did was form man from the dust of the ground. We'll come back to that. The second thing God did was breathe into man the breath of life. God breathed into the nostrils of man. He breathed into man the breath of life. God breathed inside of man. Everything else got spoken to existence, but God went to the man and he breathed himself inside of him. God breathed inside of the man. What did God breathe inside of him? The first thing God breathed inside of him was his destiny and his purpose. The, the, the second thing God breathed inside of him was his spirit. When God breathed into him the breath of God, the spirit of God, God breathed into a man a spirit. Man became a living soul. He breathed in a man a spirit. He breathed in a man a destiny. He breathed in a man a calling. He breathed in a man an assignment. He breathed inside of man. And my question is, are you exhaling what God has inhaled? Are you breathing out what God has breathed in? Are you doing what God created you to do? Because guess what? When you live in the purpose and the assignment and the destiny that God has for you, you breathe out what God has breathed in. You exhale what God has inhaled. God is saying, are you breathing out? It don't matter if you're successful. It don't matter if you got a lot of money the question is are you breathing out what God has breathed in and not only did he breathe in your spirit but he breathed in the unique assignment and destiny for your life are you breathing it out God didn't just come so you can have life he came so you can have life more abundantly he came so you can have the zoe kind of life the God kind of life the abundant kind of life God came so you can have a full life and life isn't just living life is living in the will in the assignment in the purpose God has for your life so life ain't just existing no 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 life is walking in destiny and God is saying are you walking in destiny and let me tell you what you do when you walk in destiny let me tell you what you do when you do what you was created to do the first thing you was created to do is to give God worship your worship is different than angel worship your worship is different than all the other worship in the world and the reason why your worship is different from everyone else's worship is because you're the only thing in creation that can give God breathtaking worship because you're the only thing in creation that took God breath away 
And you can give God a breathtaking worship when you worship God. When you walk in your assignment, you take God's breath away. When you walk in your purpose, you take God's breath away. When you walk in the destiny and the will of God for your life, you give God his breath back. Are you giving him his breath back? Are you breathing back to God what God breathed to you? And if you are, you are living the life that God has for you to live. Now check this out. God formed man from the dust of the ground. Hold on, 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 wait a minute. God formed man from the dust of the ground. This is the most disrespectful verse in the Bible. There is nothing more disrespectful than this verse. God created the streets in heaven out of gold. God created the oceans out of water. God created the mountains out of rocks. God, God created Satan in Ezekiel 28. The Bible says the devil was created out of sapphire. And he was created out of jasper. He was created with diamonds and gold. And he had pipes and musical instruments inside of him. So when the devil was created, he was created out of gold and jasper with pipes and diamonds on the inside of him. Look at the beautiful heavens. Look at the Milky Ways in the sky. Look at the Grand Canyon. Look at all the beautiful things that God has created. Look at all the materials that God has has and when it came down to creating his prized possession he used dirt you online talking about hashtag selfie you should be saying hashtag dirty because you was made out of dirt God created you out of dirt. God made you out of dirt. All you are is dirt. Dirt is where you came and dirt is where you return the Bible says you was created out of dirt that's it. You was created out of the lowest thing on the earth. You are dirt. That's dirt. You're dirt. You was made out of dirt. And I felt like this was disrespectful. God, why would you make me out of dirt? God, why would you do this? I wanted to be made out of gold. And you made me out of dirt? Imagine, wives, it's your anniversary and your husband like, baby, I got a gift for you. You're like, baby, what you get? Dirt. You know what you're getting? Couch. You mean to tell me you love me and you got me dirt? Imagine, women, you in here, you're dating a guy and he's going to propose to you with dirt. Now, he's giving you dirt. Imagine being made out of it. And I prayed to God and I said, God, why did you make us out of dirt? And God spoke to me. He said, son, chill out because you don't understand the value of dirt. He said, because if you understood the value of dirt, you wouldn't be asking me that. Do you know dirt is the most valuable thing on the earth? Outside of you, there's nothing more valuable than dirt. And what makes dirt so valuable is dirt is the only thing that can produce new life. Dirt is the only material. Nothing else can create new life. Only dirt can produce new life. If you get a seed and put it in gold, nothing happens. You get a seed and put it in diamonds, nothing happens. You get a seed and put it in jasper, nothing happens. You get a seed and put it anywhere in this earth, nothing happens. I could put a seed on this table. It can sit here 100 years. Nothing happens. But when a seed is placed in dirt, it taps the potential of that seed, and that seed becomes a living plant. God said dirt is powerful. Dirt is valuable because when something is placed in dirt, it can live. 
And yet, devil, I know you may be created out of gold. And I know you may be created out of diamonds. But the good thing is God don't look at the outward appearance. God looks at the inward appearance. Because you can look like gold on the outside and be a devil on the inside. And God is saying, devil, you may look better on the outside, but they look better on the inside because my Holy Spirit is inside of them. My purpose is inside of them. My will is inside of them. And devil, something you'll never have. My breath is inside of them. God said, dirt is valuable and it is powerful. All life you see on earth is traced back to dirt. And God says, whenever I have a seed, I start looking for dirt. Whenever I want to birth something, I start looking for dirt. Whenever I want something to multiply, I start looking for dirt. God is saying dirt is the most powerful thing in the world. And you was made out of dirt because God put a seed inside of you. You was made out of dirt because God wanted to birth something through you. God said dirt is powerful. Dirt is mighty. Dirt is great. Dirt is what God uses to create. Dirt. Now watch this. Now watch this. Why would God use dirt? The reason why God will use dirt is because God put a seed inside of us. Now, the first thing a seed needs to grow is dirt. Without dirt, a seed can't grow. And God is saying your seed can grow because it's been placed in dirt. You are the dirt that your seed needs to thrive. The second thing a seed needs is water. God says in Ephesians 5 that be washed with the water of my word. God says my word is water. So if you would just water your seed, your purpose, your destiny, your assignment according to my word, bathe it in my word, it would have the water it needs to grow. The second thing a seed needs is oxygen or carbon dioxide. Well, the Bible says that God is the breath of life. And we saw he breathed into our nostrils the breath of life. So we know God is the breath or the oxygen that our seed needs. And then lastly, what a seed needs to grow and thrive is the sun. And God, and we know John 3, 16, that God has sent his son, S-O-N, to die for our sins. So God is saying everything your seed needs to grow, it has. It has the dirt that it needs. It has the water that it needs. It has the oxygen that it needs. And it has the sun that it needs to grow, to be a plant, to grow, to be a tree, to grow, to be a destiny. So you can go and be fruitful. God says you can be fruitful because you have everything you need around your seed. You have everything you need around your seat. So God is saying, now you can go and erase your history and go rewrite your destiny because your seed is packed. Your seed has everything around it to grow into fruition. I want you to know something. Maybe you feel like you didn't come from the right family. Maybe you feel like you don't come from the right background. Maybe you feel like you don't have the right information, but you have the right seed on the inside of you. You have the right God around you. God says you got everything you need. Come on, somebody. Give our king a shout of praise. Now, why did God use dirt? I think God wanted to use something lesser to create something greater. I think he wanted to use something lesser to create something greater. 
And let me tell you something that's so cool about dirt. The thing that's so cool about dirt is it's so humble and powerful at the same time. Dirt is humble enough to be walked on, but it's powerful enough to produce new life. <clears throat> and God says, if you're going to walk in destiny, you're going to have to be humble and powerful. You're going to have to be humble and powerful. You got to be humble enough to wash feet, but you got to be powerful enough to stand up and to declare God's word in darkness. Dirt is humble and powerful. That's why when Joshua came to the presence of the Lord, the Lord said, take off your shoes for you're on holy ground. In other words, God was saying, come down to earth. Down to earth. What does down to earth mean? It means to be humble. God says, I need you to be humble. I need you to take your shoes off because that inch of shoe is elevating you and I need you to be de-elevated. I need you to come back to humility and back down to earth. And God said, man, I want you to know something. I made you out of dirt to keep you humble and I gave you dominion to make you powerful. <clears throat> and God said, I wanted to make you out of dirt to show my power. I wanted to make you out of dirt to show my glory. I wanted to make you out of dirt to show my presence. If I made you from dirt and you did great exploits, I would get the glory. I would get the credit because you are just dirt. The power of dirt. Now, now you got to understand something. Jesus, when he came here, he took on dirt. So you got to understand something. Christ was the spirit of God. Jesus was the dirt body. And that's why Jesus was all powerful and humble. He was humble enough to wash the disciples' feet, but he was powerful enough to forgive sin. Because dirt and power mix. And whenever a man shows up, you should see humility and power. You should see dirt and purpose wrapped together. <clears throat> now, you got to understand something. You got to understand something. There's two prominent places on this earth known for their dirt. Two places known for their dirt. Now, some, somebody out there thinking about the beach, you need to get back to church. You ain't going to no beach. All right, you got to go to work, okay? Somebody like, I'm going to the beach, praise God. There's two places on the earth known for dirt. <clears throat> the two places on the earth known for dirt is the graveyard and the garden. is the graveyard and the garden. And one is a place of life, and another is a place of death. And when God created man, the first thing he did was place them in a garden, place them in a place of life, place them in a place where seeds can be planted and come to fruition. But the moment you're born, you're on your way to death. You're walking down a road towards the graveyard. And what you got to realize is life is a war. Between the garden and the graveyard. The garden wants your seed so it can become a destiny. And the graveyard wants your seed so it can hold it and never let it release its potential. And now you have two things on earth. You have the graveyard talking, saying you will never be nothing. You will never amount to nothing. You will be just like your family. You will never walk in destiny and purpose. And you have the garden talking, saying give me that seed. Give me that purpose. Give me that destiny. And watch great things happen. <clears throat> so in life, there's a war between the garden and the graveyard. My question for you is, which one will get your seed? Would the garden get your seed? Or would the graveyard get your seed? 
because the graveyard is undefeated. And when the graveyard gets your seed, when you die, it'll never give it back. It'll never return. But when the garden gets your seed, it can produce new life. It can create something brand new. I remember one time I was eating with my mentor, and he said something so powerful, something so powerful to me. He said, do you know where the wealthiest place in the world is? I said, no, I don't. He said, the wealthiest place in the world is not the diamond mines of Africa. It's not the oil fields of Iraq. It's not the technology discoveries of Bill Gates. He said, the wealthiest place in the world is the graveyard. I was like, what? And he said, it's the graveyard because people die without ever living. And then it hit me. The reason why the graveyard is the wealthiest place because in the graveyard you have songs that's never been written. Great ideas that's never been mentioned. You have sermons that's never been preached. Dreams and goals that's never been reached. You have medicine that's never been discovered. Businesses and organizations that's never been uncovered. You have touchdown passes that's never been caught. Free throws and layups that's never been shot. Because so many people died with their destiny in them. So many people died with their purpose in them. So many people died with their assignment in them. And my question for you is this. Are you willing to live full and die empty? Are you willing to rob the grave? Are you willing to rob the grave? I declare by the power of God and by the blood of Jesus that I'm going to rob the grave because Jesus robbed the grave. The Bible says he was the firstborn of the grave. He was the firstborn of the dead. The grave thought it could hold Jesus. The grave had to let Jesus go because he said the grave would not get my assignment or my destiny. The grave will see a resurrection. And I want to tell you right now, rob the grave. Don't let that purpose go to the grave. Don't let that assignment go to the grave. What God is calling you to do and be, don't take it to the grave. Because when the grave gets it, it holds it. Take your gift to the garden. Take your purpose to the garden. Take your assignment to the garden. Rob the grave. Rob the grave. Rob it. Don't let your destiny go there. Do you know most people never live? They never live. They never be who they're called to be. Do you know you was not created for that job? You wasn't created for that nine to five. You was created to be something God has called you to be. You was created to do something that God has called you to do. What is it? The greatest tragedy in the world is not death. The greatest tragedy in the world is what dies in us as we live. What's dying in you? What, what are you not birthing? What are you not creating? God gave you everything. You got the dirt. You got the water. You got the breath. You got the sun. And it wasn't for your job. Because your career is what you get paid to do. Your destiny is what you were made to do. Rob the grave. Rob it. Don't let it have your assignment. Don't let it have your purpose. Rob the grave. Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 10 says, what, I'll give you guys a second right there. Ecclesiastes chapter 9. You guys enjoying it so far? Yeah. Ecclesiastes chapter 9.
give you guys a second to get there. <clears throat> Come on, voice, get me through. I got to quit worshiping Radiant Worship. They take my voice every Sunday. I'm just staying in the lobby till they get done. Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 10. It says, whatever your hand find to do, do it with your might. For there is no work or no device or knowledge or wisdom in the grave where you're going. I'm going to read it again. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. For there is no work or device or knowledge or wisdom in the grave where you are going. In other words, God is saying the purpose that he has given you, the assignment that he has given you, the destiny that he has given you, do it with all your might. Every part of you should be in who you were created to be. Because guess what? When you go to the grave, you can't do it no more. The grave has no need of your destiny. The grave has no need of your purpose. And you're headed towards the grave. I know it's a miserable thought. I don't want to hear about going to the grave. You know, I want to do what you are famous for. I ain't trying to go to the grave. I'm trying to praise God. But the reality is we are headed towards the grave. And guess what? That wisdom you have don't matter there. That knowledge you have don't matter there. Those ideas you have don't matter there. The, the brilliant things that God is putting you don't matter in the grave. And what you have to do is unearth everything inside of you so it's not trapped in the earth. But if you don't unearth the purpose, if you don't unearth the wisdom, if you don't do the podcast, if you don't write the book that God has told you to write, if you don't make the blog that God has told you to blog, you're going to take your wealth to the grave. And you're going to make it richer than it already is. The grave has more wealth than anything in this world because the greatest athletes are in the grave. The smartest people are in the grave. The cure to cancer, probably in the grave. Any, everything that this earth needs, God put it inside of his people. God trapped it in you. The, the solutions, the discoveries, everything God wanted done in the earth. God put inside of his man. He put inside of his dirt man. And if you don't be that, you will wealth, you would add wealth to the grave. You would add, you would add riches to the grave. Rob the grave. Say, I'm dying empty. I'm not taking nothing with me to the grave. The dreams will stay here on earth. The purpose will stay here on earth. The ideas will stay here on earth. Worship team, question for you. Will those songs that God put in your heart go to the grave or the garden? There are songs that God is putting you that's going to set people free if you write them. There's books. There's businesses. There's organizations. There's churches and ministries that's sitting in this room. And my question is, will they go to the garden or the grave? You got to make that choice. You have to decide where the gift go. You got to decide where the purpose go. You got to decide where the destiny go. You have to take what you have to the garden. God is saying, I called you for such a time as this. I've anointed you for such a time as this. I have predestined you, which means before I finish the end. 
so you can do great exploits for the kingdom. You have it. Everything you need, you have it because God is it. He's in you. He's not only with you, he's in you. And God is saying that you were sent here for an assignment. Let me tell you something. We're not just sent here to worship God, though, though we are. No, no, God didn't just bring you to earth so you can worship him. God brought you to, be, to earth so you can be fruitful and multiply. What fruit are you producing? You don't get fruit until a seed hits the garden. God is saying, I asked you to be fruitful because I sent you here seedful. And if you would take those seeds and plant them, it would produce fruit. And God said, I've, I've put it inside of the dirt. I put it inside the dirt. I put it inside the dirt. And the reason why I put it inside the dirt is because the dirt brings life to the seed. And the Bible says... In 2 Corinthians 4 and 7, it says, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power may be of God, not of us. This power is not of us, it's of God. This destiny is not of us, it's of God. This assignment is not of us, it's of God. And God is saying, I put this treasure in earthen vessels. I put this treasure in dirty people so it can plant and produce fruit. This treasure. God is saying, I put treasure on the inside of your dirt. You're not just dirt. You're dirt with treasure. And you're not a treasure that comes from you. Not about your wisdom, your might, your ability. You're a treasure that's of God. The Bible says that we are earthen vessels. One translation say correct. Clay jars or clay pots. All you are are earthen vessel. You're a clay jar. You're a clay pot. You're a dirt pot. Pot dirt. That's all you are. I'm sorry. I'm beautiful. No, you're dirty. Look at my hair. Look at your dirt. Girl, I look good. Girl, you look dirty. Smell good, dirt. So we got my boy right here. And you know, he feeling himself, you know what I'm saying? He out here, and he out here doing some cool things. He like, man, I'm out here. Man, I'm out here, I'm chilling, man. You know what I'm saying? And man, you know, I gotta come up. You know, I got some stuff I gotta do. You know what I'm saying? I hear Pastor KJ, you know, talking about graveyard and garden and stuff. I gotta come up, I gotta get it, I gotta get it. And we have people out here like my man, Mr. Yellowhair. Out here trying to make a better life. And he like, man, you know, I got some stuff missing in my life, man, that ain't really coming together for me and stuff. So I'm just trying to get, you know, a little bit better, man. I'm trying to get a little more, a little more valuable. I don't feel valuable. Has anyone in here ever not felt valuable? You know what I'm saying? So we got my guy, and he's out here, and he's not really feeling valuable. So he said, you know what, man, I'm going to give me a gold chain. You know what I'm saying? Give me, give me a gold chain. You know what I'm saying? I got that drip. You know what I'm saying? Drip, drip just means swag, old folks, okay? So he said, man, let me go get me a gold chain, man. Let me get me some drip. Let me get my gold chain because I want to feel more valuable. And when I get on Instagram, those cool people got gold chains. Then he get the gold chain and he like, man, ah, I ain't really feeling myself yet, man. You know what I'm saying? But you know, you know what I'm saying, man? Your boy finna go get that Benz, though. You know what I'm saying? So he go and he get his little Benz. So he get his bands, and he like, man, I got a gold chain in a bit. Hey, I'm single and ready to mingle. What's good? 
So he got his gold chain, he got his bins, he's single, he's ready to mingle, but, you know, he run across this girl, she's like, you don't even got your own bikes. So he said, well, no problem, you know what I'm saying? So he went, he bought his little house, got his little house key, so, you know, he's doing his thing. Then he's finna go right out, and he's like, uh, man, I need that Adidas hat, got it. You know what I'm saying? So he put on his Adidas hat, and then he got his gold chain. You know what I'm saying? He got his house key. He got his Beamer. He got his Adidas hat. I mean, I'm value. I'm ready to do some great exploits. Then he's like, man, but I'm, I'm kind of lonely. You know what I'm saying? So he go, and he, and he go find a uh, girl dirt. You know what I'm saying? And he get him a girl. And she's like, what's up? And he's like, what's up, Ma? How you doing? You cute. You looking real good. So he get his girl. And they're excited, and they live in their little dirty life. Looking dirty, feeling dirty, smelling dirty. And he's trying to find value in all of these worldly things. And then he realizes the house doesn't give him value. When he gets a house, it's just a house with dirt. When he gets a car, it's just a car with dirt. When he gets a hat, it's just a hat wrapped around dirt. When he get a gold chain, it's a gold chain on a dirty neck. And he's realizing, I got the house, I got the girl, I got the car, I got the brands, and I still feel like dirt. And the reason why he still feels like dirt is because he's still dirt. You can't spend enough money to not be dirt. You can't have enough earthly possessions not to be dirt. You can't wash away the dirt. And we go around trying to do all these things externally to fix up the dirt. And we put makeup on the dirt. And we get the hair done in the dirt. And we do the nails of the dirt. But with all of our doing, it's still dirt. It's still dirt, and it's going to be dirt. You can't fix up the external to hide the internal. Some of you ladies are trying to get makeup so you can feel more beautiful. That's fine. Get your makeup, but makeup doesn't bring beauty. Beauty doesn't come from the outside. It comes from the inside. Some of you men are at the gym trying to feel valuable. Value don't come from the outside. It comes from the inside. You can buy the stuff. You can get the house, but you can't buy value because you're still dirt. And value isn't external, it's internal. And that's why God told Samuel, man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. God says, if you want to be valuable, don't do something on the outside, do something on the inside. Now, how do we make the inside valuable? How do we fix the inside? How do we bring value to the inside? We can't. You can't fix the inside. You can't make that inside valuable. Only God can make the inside valuable. So what you have to do to make the inside valuable is trust and believe in Jesus. And when you trust and surrender your life and believe in Jesus, Jesus does something on the inside of you. He puts something on the inside of you. He's possibly shoot. You have a pot, and it may not be pretty on the outside. This pot may be dramatic. It may be scary, evil, stupid, clumsy, hopeless, different, moody, loser, insecure, foolish, boring, adulterer, stingy, shameful, lust, crazy, fearful, lazy, full of regret, shame, guilt. And that's the external. That's the clay. That's the dirt. And I want you to know something. Dirt is weak. Dirt is lesser. Dirt is frail. That's why you keep falling into temptation. It's just dirt. 
That's why you can't be the man your family needs. You're just dirt. That's why you feel like you're never enough and you're always chasing everything. You're doing it for the Instagram. You're doing it for Facebook. You're trying to get the pictures. You're trying to get the clothes. And you still feel like dirt because you're trying to fix something that can't be fixed. You're trying to fix something externally. But when you trust and believe in Jesus, Jesus puts treasure in the dirt. He puts treasure inside of the dirt. And let me tell you something about dirt. Dirt is only valuable when it holds treasure. Dirt is valuable when it holds treasure. There are some dirt fields in the world that has trees that's worth $50 million. It's not because of the dirt. It's because of the tree that was planted in it. I want you to know something. The dirt is valuable based on what, what it's created for. If you have dirt on the beach, it's worthless. You can walk on it. If you have dirt in the bag for, for, to do some gardening, it's, it's worth about 5 or $10. But if you take that same dirt and create a computer chip with it, it's worth $1,000. Same dirt, different assignment. The dirt becomes valuable based on what it's assigned to do. And I want to tell you something, dirt. You're not just ordinary dirt. You're not just regular dirt. You're not just natural dirt. You're supernatural dirt because the super comes from God. The ordinary in you meets the extra in God, and you become extraordinary dirt. I want you to know something. You are an earthen vessel, but you got treasure on the inside of you. And the reason why you got treasure on the inside of you is because you got a seed on the inside of you. Now, I've been talking about this seed. What is the seed? Let's dig in the dirt and see. Hey. How you doing? Wow. <laughs> Somebody said, wow. <laughs> In the dirt, there's treasure. And some of you guys, when you think of treasure in the dirt, you're thinking of gold in the dirt, right? Diamonds, jewelry, that's not treasure. That's, that's earthly, not treasure. Wow. Treasure in the dirt is a seed. It's a seed. Now, what is this seed? What is this treasure that the Apostle Paul is talking about? What is this seed? Do you know the seed that's in the dirt is Christ? He's the seed. When you get saved and believe in Jesus, Christ comes inside of your dirt. And when Jesus is in the dirt, it's not just dirt, it's dirty treasure. And you become dirty treasure because you're the container of the seed, which is the son of God, who is the most valuable person, who's the most powerful person, who's the most holy person, the strongest person in the universe. Because this seed that's the son of God can open blind eyes. This seed that the son of God cannot stop deaf ears. This seed that's the son of God can say Lazarus come forth and Lazarus pop out the grave. This seed that's the son of God can raise dead children. This seed that's the son of God can take your black soul, dip it in red blood, and it comes out white as snow. This seed that's Christ. I want to tell you something. Jesus is the one that turns the world upside down. Jesus is the one that breaks the curse. Jesus is the one that breaks the yoke. Jesus is the one that stops the storms. And the seed, the treasure that's on the inside of you is Jesus and the gospel. And when you believe in him... He places this treasure in your dirt. Wow. 
And the beautiful thing about the seed, Jesus said in the Bible, if a seed remains by itself, it don't have much power. But he said if the seed falls in the ground, it begins to reproduce. And it gives birth to millions of seeds. So let me tell you what Jesus does. He don't just drop the seed in you. He drops the seed in me. He drops the seed in the whole world that will believe in him. And inside of the seed of Jesus, inside of the word of God, inside of this seed are seeds. Seeds of destiny. Seeds of purpose. Your assignment. What you was created for. It's in the seed of Christ. God commissioned you in Matthew 28. He sent you out. God has called you to be fruitful. And the reason why he's called you to be fruitful is because he made you seedful. First with himself and then with the destiny and the purpose and the assignment you was created for. The seed. Christ is inside of you. The presence of God is inside of you. The power of God is inside of you. And the beautiful thing is what's inside of you is more powerful than what's outside of you. What's inside of you is more powerful than the lies, the sin, the crazy, the lazy, the hazy. None of that matters because the seed is powerful. And let me tell you something. This thing is worth a couple dollars depending on what it's carrying I can put a Mercedes Benz key in here, and all of a sudden, this thing worth 60000 I can put a house key in here, it's worth half a million. If I put the Son of God in here, it's priceless. And you are priceless because you are a container of the Son of God. And let me tell you something. Don't judge me on the outside. Judge me on the inside. Don't judge me based on what you see. Judge me based on who's in me. The Son of God is in me. Jesus is in me. Christ is in me. I want to tell you something. Don't judge a book by its cover and don't judge a person by their vessel. Judge them by their God. It's the Christ in me that changes everything. Come on, somebody. Give our king a shout of praise. Oh, come on. You can just give him a bigger shout. This treasure that's trapped in earthen vessels. Don't matter what we put on the pot. It matters what we put in the pot. It doesn't matter what we put on the pot. It matters what we put in the pot. And if Jesus is in the pot, it's dirty treasure. Someone shout dirty treasure. Someone shout dirty treasure. I may be dirty, but I'm treasured. And I'm treasured because of Christ. The last point I got in closing, Matthew 13, chapter 3. I'm going to read something to you. Because we talked about the purpose, the assignment. We talked about the seed, which is Christ. We talked about the seeds that he put inside of us. So we know that we're, we are of incorruptible seed. Jesus. We are of incorruptible seed. This is not a bad seed. It's a good seed. And this seed will produce a hundredfold every time. We know that he put seeds on the inside of us. The purpose, the destiny, the calling, the assignment. Some of you guys are called to be preachers and worship leaders. Some of you guys are called to serve and greet. Some of you guys are called to help people and feed the homeless. There's seeds on the inside of you. God has provided the seed, which is Christ. Christ has provided the seeds, which is your, which is your assignment. So we got the seeds. My question is... How is the soil? 
How is the soil? You can have good seed, incorruptible seed, and bad soil. It's not just enough to be dirt. You need to be good dirt. Good dirt. Good dirt. Good soil. We know the seed is perfect. The seed is Christ. Which means that if you're not fruitful, it's on the soil, not on the seed. Because the seed is incorruptible. The seed is perfect. So if there's a lack of fruit, it's on the end of the soil. Are you good soil? Are you soil that produces 30, 60, and 100 fold? Or are you soil that's not deep enough for anything to take root? Are you soil that's mixed with rocks and stones and thorns that stops the seed of Christ and the word of God from going forth? Inside of you. Are you seed that stops the purpose and the destiny from, from coming through because you got so much issues and sin and you don't obey and you don't trust God that nothing could grow in you because you're bad? Soil. We preach about the seed. We neglect the soil. Somebody like, why are you playing with dirt up there? <laughs> I don't know. It's nasty. Ugh. It's Matthew 13, verse 3 says, Then he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, A sower went out to sow. Who is this sower? It's God. He's going out to sow. And he sowed some seed that fell by the wayside. And the birds came and devoured them. Are you wayside dirt? Some fell on stony places where they did not have much earth. And they immediately sprang up because they had no depth of earth. Are you sea soil with no depth of earth? But when the sun was up, they were scorched. And because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns. And the thorns sprang up and choked them. But others fell on good ground and yielded a crop. Some a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. He who has ears, let him here there can be no re- there can be no reproduction in bad soil so many times in our life we don't see the vision of God the hand of God the purpose of God the blessing of God the releasing of God because we're bad dirt we're bad dirt so my question is how do you become good dirt how do you become good dirt You become good dirt, firstly, by obeying God. When you obey God, because your soil is your heart. Do you know that your heart is your garden? That's why the Bible says, guard your heart above all diligence, because out of it flows the issues of life. God said, guard your heart. Your heart is your garden, and out of your garden flows the issues of life. And you have to guard it. In other words, God wasn't saying guard your heart. God was saying guard your dirt. Guard your dirt. Because out of this dirt flows the issues of life. Out of this dirt will come your marriage. Out of this dirt will come your purpose. Out of this dirt will come your assignment. Guard your dirt. Don't let thorns and rocks get in your dirt. Don't let your dirt fall by the wayside. Don't let your dirt not have root. Guard your dirt. Because your dirt is where God is throwing seed. And guess what? 
He said, he that has ears to hear, let him hear. Let him obey. In other words, the seed that God is throwing is the word of God. The word of God, the truth of God, the seed that he's throwing is saying, who the son sets free is free indeed. You're the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath. You've been called for such a time as this, and he's throwing this seed out on you. And it doesn't matter if the dirt's bad. It doesn't matter. God's throwing this seed. He's throwing this seed out on you. You have to be good dirt. You become good dirt by obeying God. You become good dirt by trusting God. You become good dirt by serving God. You become good dirt by doing the right things, by dropping sin in your life. Do you know sin makes you bad dirt? It makes you bad. Sin corrupts your dirt. Sin weakens your soil. Disobedience weakens your soil. Not having the fruits of the Spirit weakens your soil. Not having long-suffering weakens your soil. Being mean weakens your soil. Attitudinal weakens your soil. Lazy weakens your soil. Not being a servant weakens your soil. If you want good soil, you serve God. You serve people. You love God. You love people. You be generous. You help people. You be obedient and you do what God has called you to do. You want to be good seed? Don't go out and make a purpose and an assignment for your life. Surrender your life to God's purpose. Maybe you got a good idea, but it's not a God idea. Because God's not putting seed in any kind of dirt. He's putting seed in dirt that surrender to his will. God won't provide for a plan and a vision he didn't come up with. Submit yourself to God. And if you do that, you will be good seed. I got a quick song I want to run through. And, I, and this song really just captures the splendor. And it just captures the essence of God. It'll be really quick. But I want to run through this for a quick second. I want you all to stand on your feet. And I want this song to come minister to you. I want it to minister to you and how God views you and how God operates and how God moves. So you can get an understanding of who God is, so he can give you an understanding of who you are. Our God is good. Our God is faithful. You guys give us a couple of minutes, and I believe God's going to minister to you. Ask God, God, what's wrong with my soil? How can I fix it? God, what are the seeds you put on the inside of me so I can put those seeds in a garden so I can be fruitful and multiply?